Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. It's another episode of the Swears and Does Hair podcast, and today I want to talk to you about administrative fees. Those little things that we add on to our contracts that end up Um, making us more money, but that some people either feel icky about adding on or um, forget, essentially, about when it comes to setting their pricing. So when it comes to going ahead and putting together a price list, a lot of people really focus on the service cost. How much am I going to charge to do the bride's hair or makeup? How much am I going to charge to do a bridesmaid's? hair or makeup, a mom, a flower girl, a junior bride, and we start breaking down all of these day of service fees. Some people will charge more for adding airbrush or for adding lashes, or if um, they have extensions or fillers or long, heavy hair, or an updo is a different price than a half up or all down. And we start making things so complex for ourselves with the service fees. And we get really into um, making our money that way. And we forget that all the other things that we do, all of the administrative work, the sending the emails, preparing the contracts, the invoicing, um, you know, paying our taxes, writing timelines, coordinating with assistants or team members, following up with photographers for photos or to set timelines, communicating with the wedding planners, communicating with the venue. Sometimes a venue that you work at will require um, an additional uh, certificate of insurance for their venue on that date. And then you have to put in all the time of contacting, you know, all these other little things that we do that keep our business running. And we don't remember to incorporate those into how we make money. So basically we're doing all of this work and we're spending all of these hours behind the scenes to run our business and we're not paying ourselves for it. Don't think about your services as the only way that you make money. And I know that feels really icky because we're like, oh, well, you know, I want to be paid for my art. And yeah, kind of, but you're a business. We are, we are making people beautiful and yes, we are artists with hair and we are artists with makeup and it's emotionally fulfilling to be a part of wedding days and all those kinds of things, but we're still a business. We're still here to make money so that we can pay our bills and live the lives that we want. So we have to get over that ickiness. We have to get over that, I don't feel comfortable charging for that. So you either need to really increase your service fees to account for all of that additional time, or you need to find different ways to include administrative fees for different services outside of just doing the hair and just doing makeup. 
So it's going to have to kind of be a, well, what do you feel more comfortable doing? Because sometimes when a bride will see, well, why are you so much more expensive than XYZ company? Or why is it so much more expensive for the bride than the bridesmaid? And then we all get in our heads and we're like, well, for the bride, you know, I, I take all this extra time and I use these really nice products and I do this. And it's like, okay, so you're doing shit for the bridal party? That's not a great way to sell yourself. Be like, yeah, the bride, she's so important. She's so perfect. She's going to look great. Everybody else, you know, I kind of, I'm just there. I'm just doing stuff. So I'm just charging bare bones for that. No, that's not a great sales tactic. You have to understand how to either incorporate all of your administrative costs into the bride's fee and then be able to articulate that to the bride. Excellent question, bride. Well, the bride costs more because not only do I plan a little bit of extra time for the bride's look to make sure that she's looking perfect before she walks down the aisle, but it also covers all of these additional services that are provided. It includes all the beforehand coordination and timelines and working with your wedding planner, XYZ, blah, blah, blah. It also includes if she's going to get false lashes or a touch-up kit or hair extensions or all these other things. And you'll be able to articulate why the bride's fee is so much more. It's not because she's getting a better service than everybody else. Everybody who is getting serviced on the wedding day should be getting your 100% top quality service. Okay? Everybody that is paying for your time to be there should get equal quality. The bride may get a little bit more time, okay, but everybody should still be getting equal quality. You're still, you're still making sure that everyone's going to look good and it's going to last, right? You're not saying, well, you know, the bridesmaids, I don't give a shit about her. She can look like, you know, she can look like a cheapo walking down the aisle later or out on the dance floor. The bride, the bride who is, who, I'm going to use her photo, so I'm going to make sure she's going to look good. So... She, she's more because she gets more of my time. No, not really. So um, if you're going to incorporate those in there, make sure that you understand how to articulate that if people question, well, why is the bride so much more expensive? It's not just because she's the bride. That's a cop out. That's people who don't understand pricing and don't understand how to run a business. They just say, okay, well, you know, that's what everybody does. Everybody charges more for the bride. And it shouldn't be just like a little bit. It shouldn't just be like, oh, well, she's like $50 more, $60 more or whatever. If you haven't already, go ahead, go to the show notes, click on the link to download my ultimate pricing guide. Okay. I break down exactly the formulas for how to figure out how much a bridesmaid should be, a bride should be, a trial should be, et cetera, to incorporate all those administrative fees. But also in it, I break down the other types of administrative fees that I'm going to kind of talk about in today's episode. Because not everything is something that needs to get lumped in to the bride's cost. Because not every administrative fee happens on every wedding. But if you do have a wedding where something outside of what your normal routine is, you want to make sure that you are charging for that and you, you are being compensated. So additional types of fees that aren't necessarily administrative, but um, additional services, these are types of things that you might want to keep in mind. 
if somebody is asking you to travel to them for a trial or for a, a service that is normally provided at your location, it is not icky, it is not salesy, it is not outside the norm to charge extra for that. And not just, okay, well, here's my mileage fee for that, okay? Mileage, yes, that's travel, but you also have to take into account that at your studio, at your normal location, you have things set up in a certain way. You have control over that environment. You are now taking on the additional liability of not having control of the environment, okay? So that requires a little extra prep. Either it requires you to pack and bring and lug to and from the car, both from your your location to your car and back prior to and after the appointment, but also going into their location, okay? So that's going to be tables and chairs, um, lights, all of that additional equipment you need to have on hand, you need to lug around, you need to clean, and you need to account for its maintenance, okay? You need to make sure that you're charging a little extra to account for, well, what happens if that equipment breaks down? You should be taking a small percentage of all of your fees and always setting it aside for replacing faulty equipment or um, replacing broken equipment. You should have that money always set aside to replace anything in your kit if something happens to it in an emergency or just over time. A lot of people forget to save up for that and they're just like, okay, well, I bought a makeup light. And it was $350 and that's it. I'm not going to have to pay for that again because I'm always going to have it. And it's like, well, no, you might not always have that. Something could happen to it. Okay. You may need to replace that. You may decide that, okay, you're going to have one that's your travel one and one that's your studio one. Those kinds, kinds of things. So making sure that you are maintaining your vehicle as well. You want to be make sure that you're putting money aside, not just for your gas, but for the wear and tear on your vehicle. Okay. Um, so all of those additional things with taking all of your stuff, cleaning it, lugging it around, setting it up, breaking it down, bringing it back, and then getting it reset up. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of additional effort. Cost for that time needs to be incorporated into your travel fee if they want you to come to them. And then of course, you know, your standard, however you judge how much you're charging for your travel, whether you're charging a set rate per mile, and then you need to decide, well, are you going to charge for your mileage there and back or just there? I always recommend there and back because you don't just go there and you can't teleport back home. You got to come back. That's going to take gas. That's going to take wear and tear, and that's going to take time. So making sure that you're compensated for all of these types of things, it's completely reasonable to say, I, yeah, absolutely. I can come to you to do the trial or to, to perform that service. However, there is an additional cost that is mileage plus a travel fee. Okay. You can either break it down for her that way, or you can just tell her, okay, yeah, it's going to be an additional hundred bucks for me to come to you or however um, you determine what your time for all of that stuff, all of that time um, is worth plus your mileage. 
or plus your gas or, or whatever. Don't forget to include if you have to pay any tolls to cross any bridges, any parking fees, all of those type of things all should be incorporated into it. That should not come out of your pocket because she doesn't want to come to you. The reason why you have your venue, your your studio, your home, your, your space is to make things convenient for you. If she wants you to make it convenient for her, she can pay for that. So don't feel icky, okay? That is definitely something that you can absolutely charge additional for. Other types of administrative fees. Okay, if you have a bride that keeps going back and forth about timing, and you have all of these additional communications, every time you got to open up your email, respond to her, check with your team, rewrite the schedule, rewrite the timeline, contact the, the planner or the photographer or whatever. Every time you have to do that, that's more work that you have to do because she's going back and forth about the time. Don't be afraid to charge for that. In my contract, it clearly states, and they have to initial next to this saying any changes to the timeline or location will result in X administrative fees. So every time they say to me, okay, well, now the photographer wants to start an hour earlier. Okay, sure. Uh, yes, that is available for me and my team to arrive an hour earlier to get you finished an hour earlier. I can rewrite that uh, on the contract for you and redo all of my timelines, recontact my team, to uh, communicate those changes to them, it's going to be X dollars administrative fee. So that way they're not going, okay, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll start an hour earlier and then, you know, three weeks before the wedding, they're like, no, actually we decided we wanna sleep in, we wanna do this, let's put it back to the original. Okay, well now I have to contact my team, we have to rearrange our schedules, I have to rewrite the timeline. I have to rewrite the contract saying that this is the time that's going back. Because whatever's on my contract, whatever they have signed, that's what I'm going to do. I don't rely on them sending me emails saying, oh, we talked about this in an email. Because if that falls through, you know, and they, you know, try and take me to court or sue, people, you never know what people are, or write a bad review or whatever negative consequence of there being a lapse in communication because they forgot or I forgot what we had agreed to in an email, it all falls back onto, well, what did your contract say? So if they're going to make any changes, it has to be in writing on the contract. That's the only thing that I'm going to honor. I will only ever honor what's in the contract. So if they change the timeline, I have to rewrite the contract and they have to sign off on it saying, this is what we have agreed to. And then they have to pay that administrative fee. So it really keeps a lot of the hold back and forth from happening. And it cuts down a lot of my administrative time. But for the people who, you know what, this is what they want, that's fine. I'm happy to do that additional work for them, but my time needs to be compensated for. It is outside my standard you know, timeline of operations of all the things that I do from booking until wedding day. Rewriting a timeline two or three times. No, that doesn't happen for every wedding. So you can absolutely charge for any type of changes to the contract. Um, if their venue changes, all right, you can charge administrative fees um, or additional travel fees. It's not on the original agreed upon location anymore. If you're willing to travel farther, then yeah, 
do it, but make sure that you're charging them to go that additional dif- uh, distance. Same thing when it comes to changing on the wedding day locations. So if they're saying, all right, well, you know, my mother-in-law, she's being a bitch and she doesn't want to get ready with everybody. Can you just go to her hotel room and do her hair? Now you have to get everybody else done first, break down your stuff, move to another room, set up, do somebody else's hair. And then if you're staying for touch-ups or if you need to go back and check in with your bride and do touch-ups for the bride and the bridal party, again, you got to break things down, go back to the original room. So anytime you have to break down your equipment, move around to change locations, even if it's just to another hotel room, charge them for that. That's additional time and that's additional um, setup and breakdown of your equipment and additional time that you have to account for on your overall schedule. All right, that's not standard. That's not normal operations. So if that's what they want you to do and you're willing to accommodate that, make sure that they understand that there's going to be an additional fee for that. And usually in order to discourage that, because personally, I don't like doing that. Usually I don't want to walk into a room where someone does not even want to get ready with the bride. That is not going to be a happy client. All right, I don't want to put myself in that situation. So I have a pretty hefty fee for any time that I have to uh, break down and move to a different location, all right? Same thing if she's like, well, you know, can you go and do, you know, styling for the grooms or, you know, do concealer and anti-shine or whatever, grooms, grooming services. If they want me to go ahead and do that breakdown set up in another room and, and do those services, again, they get charged that breakdown fee All right, because now it's going to take me extra time. It's going to take me probably, I have to account for at least about a half an hour. It's going to take me 10 or 15 minutes to clean everything, pack it all up into my kit, roll it to the new location, and then another 15 minutes or so to set everything back up, wait for my tools to heat back up again, Um, you know, all those kinds of things. So that's an additional 30 minutes of time that I'm not actually doing any services that I'm getting paid for. So I'm getting paid for that administrative time. Uh, especially too, if they're having you, you know, get started at the hotel, but they can't get into the venue location uh, until X, Y, Z time, but they want to finish getting ready there. Make sure that you're not just charging for the mileage to drive to that. Again, you're, you're charging for a setup and breakdown fee. Okay. To clean all of your stuff, pack it up, put it back in your car, drive to the new place. So yes, travel on top of all of that then set everything back up again, okay? These are all different things that have nothing to do with the hair or the makeup. Your service fees for day of services should account for just doing hair or just doing makeup. All of these other little things shouldn't be accounted for other than the bride's price and they get one, one setup and breakdown, okay? That is what you usually do on a wedding day. You know, the bride's cost should cover, well, I have to clean all of my kit and pack it and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff that we've been talking about. One time. You go there, you do the services, you break it down, and you go home. So anytime you have to change that around and do that again, that's a second time, or even if they're crazy and they ask for like a third time or whatever, then there you go. If the people want you to stay 
and do a second hair or makeup look and you have time that you're just sitting around and waiting, make sure you're charging for that. You have a life. You have a life outside of work. They are not buying 24 hours of that Saturday or Friday or Sunday or whatever day that they're getting married. They do not own you for 24 hours. They are paying for a six-hour time frame, a five-hour time frame, however long that time frame is for you to do the services. Okay? That is what they get you for. That is what they have paid for. That is what's standard. Right? That's what every bride pays for. If they want extra hours of your time, they need to pay for those hours of their time. If they want you to sit around and twill your thumbs for two hours while they do photos and then 45 minutes of their ceremony, that's two hours and 45 minutes that you can't leave. You can't go somewhere and do something else. You're sitting around and you're waiting for them to come back. Now, some people might argue and be like, oh, well, what if it's, you know, close by and you can just go shopping or go get lunch somewhere or do something? That's still time that you are saying, I can't go do something else. I can't go get, get lunch with my friends. I can't go home and relax. That's not time that I can, you know, have to make my own decisions about what I want to do with the rest of my day. If I'm tired, if I have a headache and I just want to go home and sit on my couch. You can't do that. You have another two hours and 45 minutes that technically you're on a clock somewhere. You can't just go and do whatever you want. You can't just go see a movie or, you know, like... All of these things, you don't have control over your time. Those 200, excuse me, two hours and 45 minutes are 100% reserved by that bride for you to come back and be available, all right? Plus, you don't want to leave a venue and leave all of your stuff set up. You don't have control over what people are going to do with your kit. You should never leave your kit unattended. I never leave my kit unattended unless I like, I really have to go to the bathroom and then I will find a bathroom that's like super close and I'll be really quick. I don't know if people are going to stick their fingers on my lipstick palette because they think it's the fucking makeup counter and they want to test shit. I don't know if they are going to grab my curling iron to try and fix that curl by their ear and now they're going to burn themselves. That's a lot of liability of not just um, them affecting the sanitation and the quality of your products, but that they could hurt themselves with your stuff. All right, so for liability reasons, you should never leave your kit unattended. Um, so you're, it's not like you can leave that venue unless you're going to break everything down and set it back up. And again, we just went over that. We just talked about they should be charged for any time that you have to break your stuff down and set it back up. That's additional time. That's not a standard service. So they should be charged an hourly waiting fee from the time that services are finished until services start again, and then be charged for whatever additional hair or makeup services that you're going to do. So if you're going to change over the look from X look up to um, all down or all down to a, a power pony or whatever for their reception, then they're charged that waiting time plus the additional service. And you can decide whether that's going to be your full wedding day rate or if it's going to be discounted. Because we talked at the beginning about how the bride's wedding day rate should account for your standard 
administrative time, all those standard administrative services, all the emails, writing a contract, invoicing, timelines, all that kind of stuff. So you can absolutely deduct the value of that and just charge for what the service is, just the doing of the hair or just the doing of the makeup as that second look fee. Because sometimes people are like, oh, well, you know, I've already paid, you know, $250 for you to come and do this updo. Now I want it into a pony. Uh, it's going to be another $250. You don't necessarily have to charge that full rate. If you feel comfortable doing that, I mean, go right ahead. Um, but you can, quote unquote, discount it because you're just subtracting the additional administrative work that you don't need to do a second time for that second look. You're already there. All of that, you're not writing separate contracts and separate invoices and all those kinds of things for that additional look. All right. And I think that pretty much covers a lot of the administrative fees and things like that, that necessarily people don't think of and they forget to charge for. I have a lot more other types of fees and things like that for upgrades and stuff that I break down in my pricing guide. So you can go to the show notes um, and see a link if you're interested in purchasing my pricing guide where I break down not just service rates, but also all these additional other things. But those are the different types of things that people kind of usually bypass or forget or don't think they quote unquote have the right to charge for. And I want to empower you that yes, you do. You do have the right to charge for those. And if you're going to be staying for actual touch-ups, okay, make sure you're charging for your time um, and then accounting for the additional use of products. Okay. So um, make sure that your hourly amount for staying for touch-ups covers both your time and having to use additional products, more hairspray, more pins, whatever. And then just make sure that you communicate clear guidelines on what your role is during that time and what your role isn't. You're not their personal assistant. You're not their wedding planner. You know, you're not their lackey. You're there to keep them looking beautiful. So set boundaries and guidelines on what's included. And then if you want to expand upon that and add additional services and say, hey, you know, um, I'll carry your veil and I'll carry your your touch-up kit and I'll, you know, I'll do all these other little things or whatever you decide is extra service. Um, then you can say, okay, you know, I can add these additional things on that I can be on hand for, for XYZ fee. Anything that is not standard that every bride already gets, there should be additional charges for. So every bride gets one standard this. That's included every wedding. That's incorporated into her price. Anything outside that, you have absolutely 100% every right to charge additional for. And then it's up to you as the business owner to say, what is this additional time worth to me? How much should I charge extra for this? Don't undercharge yourself. Don't shortchange yourself and just be like, oh, well, you know, I'll only charge her like 10 or $15. Like, is it something that you really want to start doing for a lot of people all the time? Is it going to be worth? Because for small amounts, that's really not that much to add on. And people will be like, oh, I can get that too for only 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah, sure. Add that on. 
do you want to be adding on that much more work or is it like, I mean, okay, I'll do that additional stuff, but I want to be paid a lot more for it. That's how I kind of approach it. Any of those little things where I'm like, I really don't want to stay for extra hours. I'm going to charge $100 an hour for that. I really don't want to break down my stuff and set up again in another location. I'm going to charge $250 for that. Anytime I got to break down my stuff and set, it's only an additional 30 minutes of my time, so to speak, but I'm probably going to be walking into a situation that's not very happy. I want to avoid that at all costs. So if you're going to make me do that, I'm going to make you pay me $250 for that. Those types of things um, you can absolutely charge for. Um, and you have to determine whether it's something you really want to do or if you want to price it so much that if you have to do it, it's at least going to be worth it to you. So that's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I would love to hear your feedback on whether or not you like this topic, whether you have more questions regarding this topic, or what you would like to hear in future episodes. So please send me a DM on Instagram. It is at Beauty Biz Collective. Again, that's Beauty B-I-Z Collective. The link is right below in today's show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.